Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Set. <laughs> well, moms, I've been praying for all of you. I just want to honor you and bless you tonight. I'm praying that we're filled, and I'm praying also that the men are challenged. It's like a double-edged sword tonight. Amen? (laughs) I want to say hello to all of you online, and that I've been praying for you, and I want to say hello to my new turkey family, Turkish family. (laughs) I know it's late for you right now, but I want to honor you women um, for Mother's Day, And just because I'm looking in this direction doesn't mean that my heart is not holding you here. Amen. So I pray that each one of you get filled tonight. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. So, Father, I just ask, Lord, that your word would go forth with its power. I thank you that your word says that um, when we speak your word, that it never comes back void, but that it accomplishes what it was sent forth to do. And so I thank you, God, that you have a plan for this evening, that you already know what you want accomplished tonight. And God, I surrender myself to be a vessel used for this evening, Father, to be able to bring your word. And I thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. and We honor you. We glorify you, Lord God. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us and you fill us. Thank you for your word. Amen. All right. So on Mother's Day, I usually, over the years, I'm smart like this. I know it's coming in May right? So I think about it ahead of time. And I know, all right, God, what is it that you want to share to the women this year? And uh, usually he gives me a Bible, uh, a woman in the Bible that I end up doing a study on. But this year when I approached him, he said, I want you to speak to the women in your church. Because he says, I'm writing a book on them. Our lives, even now, he is writing and he has pre-planned what he has for our lives. And he, he sees what he's put inside of you and he desires to fill and to continue to fill and see you to overflowing. So I just want to um, f- fill and lift up the women and I want to challenge the men. <laughs> Because I was the mom of all boys. (laughs) And so is Joy. Joy had all boys. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so I'm going to start with, I'm going to use my phone because it's easier for me to see it up here. If I can get it on. Okay, so Mark 14. Starting at verse 3. 
It says, while, this is talking about Jesus just before he was crucified. It says, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. And she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of you. Wow. I, there's a few things in here that I just love. And it, uh, this past, you're going to get a mouthful because he's been ruminating a lot of things on the inside of me. And I keep hearing the word overflow and overflowing. And I believe that that's what he's going to sweep into us as a congregation. It's just that overflowing and how to live out of a place of being filled to overflowing. Because, you know, when we, we come and we, and we want to see the lost saved and we want to see those things done, it doesn't come from a place of dominance. You know, when we're empty, you know, we want to take dominance of a thing. We want to control something. But that's not what the kingdom of God does. The kingdom of God is not about dominance. It's about God always talking about filling us to overflowing, and we flood it out. And I'll show you this in scripture. But this with the woman with the alabaster box, you know, with that alabaster box, that was as soon as a a girl was getting ready to get at the age where she could start thinking of marriage, her family would take And they would take and put expensive perfumes in that alabaster box. And they kept filling that alabaster box. And that became her dowry. And so every time as that, and your status sometimes was equated to how heavy the box was, how big the box was. That's what your alabaster box was. And so the reason why these disciples were so indignant is like, this is a year's worth of salary here. What a waste. And I feel like a lot of times women, especially when we've got little ones, we hear the enemy always saying, oh, that's just a waste. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your life. You know, we're always about the big and the grand and the superstar in Canada. We're always wanting, you know, the most impact. And we always feel like, oh, but I will never get. I'm, I'm not that person. And I want to show us tonight that it's, that's not how God is. We all have an alabaster box. There's things that he's placed inside of you that is your alabaster box. Your fragrance, Natalie, is different than the fragrance that I carry. My fragrance is different than the fragrance that Allison carries. But we all carry a fragrance that the the Lord has put on the inside of us. 
But it doesn't stop there. That woman was commended for not just carrying her box and saying, here I am. But she actually broke open her alabaster box and poured it and anointed Jesus with the fragrance that was inside of it. And it was a year's worth of wages. You know, when you look at the breaking of the alabaster box, it represents a gospel of great sacrifice, of great love. She was forgetting herself and her dreams and even her livelihood. All of those things, she broke that and she just poured it on him. And, you know, we live a life of sacrifice. We, we need to live a life that even our dreams and all of those things that we give him. I remember when my kids were little, I remember after they finally went to school, I remember thinking, man, I think I've lost my brains. You know, I, I spent most of my days fighting about who's going to put their socks on or what toy needs to go in the toy box. You kind of feel like, oh, do I still have a mind here? Because it feels like just small things that you're dealing with. But it's the most important thing that you can deal with. Right, moms? See, it's the little thing. It's the alabaster box of God. I'm going to sacrifice even my dreams, even my future, even my hope. Sometimes some of those things that we look at, it's like, how did I even get here? God, this was not the plan. I didn't sign up for this at all. Ever been there? I've been there many, many times. And then I just have to say, okay, I'm giving you the alabaster box. I'm, I'm anointing you, Jesus. Because you know what? Everything that we put on Jesus is never a waste. It's never a waste. And I love what Jesus says. He says, she did what she could. He never asked for something that you and I don't have or can't give. He says, she did what she could. And I love that Jesus says, and this, every time we bring this up, I'm going to bring it up that I'm going to remember what this woman did. That's how important that was to Jesus. So I'm talking about all the little things that we do in our lifetime that make the most impact in the world that we live in. All right. God desires to fill us with, in everything he does, it's to fill. He, he fills us, he says in Psalms, my cup is running, and my cup is full and running over. He says, I desire that my house will be full. He says, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Out of the belly comes rivers of living water. Everything that God does is always full, even when he went and gave food, to, and fed the thousands as he had leftovers. God is just like so abundant. He just is constantly giving. He's constantly into the overflow. You know, he's not into us pouring ourselves out completely, being completely drained, and then still being required to give something. But the problem that we have here in Canada, I don't know if maybe in Turkey this is the same problem, but our problem is, is we're wanting to serve without getting filled, or we're wanting to get filled, 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 and it's never going to be full enough before we give. And we need both. We need both. In Joel 2, it says that my vats will overflow with new wine and oil. 
In 2 Corinthians 8, 2, I love this. Turn there. It's talking about the Macedonian church. And they were in the midst of a very severe trial. And it says they were overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They, they were in extreme poverty. They were, they were under severe trial. But that overflowing joy that only Jesus can give came up up and through them and welled up to what? That they were able to give out of rich generosity. It says that they came and out of what they gave, they didn't even have what they had to give. God just even gave them more and they just was able to out of rich generosity give. That's how God does things. See, it's never wait until. Wait until I get this. Wait until I get that. It's just take what you do like the uh, woman with the alabaster jar. Do what you can. And pray for the rest. And you know what I find? A lot of times I do what I can, and when I pray for the rest, God supernaturally brings in things. And you're just like, whoa, that's so amazing, God. I, I can't believe I got to participate in that with you. Because it's, he's always, he fills and it overflows. How many want to be filled tonight to overflowing? Amen? This is serious business. God's serious. He wants all of us. He wants our whole heart. Because he wants to fill us completely. Then it says here, brokenness, sometimes it will cause us to shrink back. You know, we think Oh, I need to get before I can give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shrink back a bit. I think we've seen a bit of that since COVID. All of a sudden, we saw all the believers go, Oh, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to shrink it back. I, I got to start acting like a squirrel. You know, put all my little nuts in my tree and go hibernate. No, no, it's a time that we need to be giving even more. We need, to be a, we need to take advantage of this moment because this is a hopeless situation the world is in. And we have that living hope on the inside of us. You and I, we're already safe. We're already saved. But we can go out and give something that they don't have. It's not a time for us to shrink back and hide. And store our nuts. Amen? You know, mothers understand this. They're always having to pour out. How many moms, you know, you're just so exhausted to the point of tears. I remember some nights tucking those kids into bed and just thinking, oh, please, just please go to sleep now. You know, they're like, I want water. Ah, you know? <laughs> And it's like, oh, oh, maybe I'll just go to bed and you can, you know. You feel like that as a mom, but it's always pouring out. But even scripture says the lioness makes sure that she feeds herself first. Why? So she has strength to be able to go out, hunt for the food, and feed her young. So it's very important that we're constantly filling ourselves. You're all going to go out of here going like this the whole time. <laughs> Every time you think of fill and overflow. <laughs> but, but God is so good. You know, they talk about this whole 
uh, thing that's going around about quiet quitting jobs. I've been seeing believers quiet quitting in the church. Ouch. It's not time to quiet quit. It's time to turn the heat up, folks. We got to have a little checkup, and we got to see some of the areas where it's like, oh, we're not so strong here. We need to strengthen this area. Oh, this is not so good in me. I, I need to build this up. But let's. Let's get ourselves full, and let's continue to give. In 2 Corinthians four fifteen, it says, all this was, let's know. Let's start at verse 7. I know, I do this all the time too, yes. Sorry. 2 Corinthians 4, and we'll start at verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's you and I. Moms, that's you and I. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Any mom can tell you we know very well our limitations. Right? We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. This is for my turkey family. But not, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to Jesus, given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this, all of that, is for this reason. It's for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. What you and I pour out, what we pour onto Jesus, that brokenness, that when we're persecuted, when we're pressed, when we're, when we're in despair, all of those things are not for a waste. It's not a waste. When we, when we put it on Jesus. But it's why. It's not, it's not so you can have just a hard time. Right? We know that persecution's part of our DNA. But it's for what? It's to bring glory to God, and it's so that others will benefit. As we're sharing the word of God, as we're sharing the power of the gospel, we're seeing more coming in. It's to their benefit. 
That's why we continue. You know, the external pressures will not take away what God put on the inside. Think about that for a minute. Recessions. Betrayals. Jail, prison. All of those things can be very hard, extremely difficult things we go through in life. But it can't squeeze out the things that God has on the inside. In fact, if if we get hard-pressed, it should actually help bring Jesus out. Because you and I are dying to ourselves daily. We're picking up that cross, and we're going forward with the power of God. We don't live just for this world. We live for the one to come. And our king paved the way for us. And he's a good God because he filled us. In all those things that we go through in life, they're external. They're just external. Hell cannot take the things that God puts on the inside of you. He can lie to you and try to get you to hand it over to him. But he cannot take it from you. Our God is big, amen? Colossians 2.7, it says, Being rooted and built up, and in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with what? Thankfulness. We're overflowing with thankfulness. We're overflowing with the joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. These are things that we're overflowing with. 2 Corinthians 9.11, it says, uh, and 12, it says, You will be enriched in every way, so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. See, even in our giving, even in our financial state, God is addressing it, and he's saying, I'm going to fill you. You know, we've all danced to the, to the offering bucket and slam dunked our money in, you know. <laughs> Woo-hoo! You know, I'm going to give, and it's going to be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together, you know. And we're thinking, me, 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 me. Sometimes that's what we're thinking. But why is it that we're even given financially and blessed? It's so that out of that, we can be generous On every occasion, we can continue to have something to give. Because how many know, without money, it's kind of hard to function in this world, isn't it? So we need to be able to be people that God can fill. But then we have to be able to give. I like, there's some people that I have talked to who say, I'm trying to outgive God. And I'm not doing very well at it. And it's true. I have found anytime I'm, (laughs) Greg and I are at spots where we're having to believe for finances, God always gives us so many more opportunities to give. 
And we just give our way out of those tight things. Amen? Why? Because he fills us to overflowing. I have enough. I'm, I'm not sitting there like a stooge or on any aspect. I'm not high me. I'm not trying to just get for me. I'm not trying to, you know, hope that I can get through my day and my problems and my this and my that. But I'm able to take time in the presence of the king and say, God, fill me. Fill me, Lord. I can receive from him and he can fill me to overflowing. And when I come out, it just starts bubbling out. I've got more than enough to be able to share because I serve the king. You serve the king. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may what? Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that why? So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If there's ever a time, it's now. Now is the time. We are serving. We are in a, a world situation that the whole world has been thrust forward into that they have felt hopeless. We have been dealing with uh, mental health issues astronomically. We've been dealing with people with their finances. We've been dealing with countries dealing with earthquakes and famines. It's like everything is just coming like a swirly wind. People are feeling hopeless. They don't have peace. They don't have joy. Saints of God, this is the time we need to be full of the Spirit of God that we can go forth in power and overflow that peace and that joy and that uh, power of the Holy Spirit to bring hope. We have a living hope on the inside of us. You may feel like, oh, I don't have... No, every one of us. I'm going to show you in a second what happens when we all do it, because this really excites me. You know, it's, it's easy for, like, anybody can quote the news. Anybody can look around and go, oh, yeah, it's really bad. It's horrible here. La, 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 la. Oh, do you know this real truth? La, la, la. It's like, but how many of us can speak hope to a dying world? How many of us, when we have the Spirit of God on the inside, can have the power to be able to speak peace into a situation where there's no peace? People are desperate for these things. We can go to bed at night and sleep soundly. We have much to give others. Much. That's what I want to stir us up in today, is seeing what you have. You have an alabaster jar. You have that box. And you have sweet, expensive aromas in there. It's just breaking it open and sharing it. And, you know, the Bible says 
that when you give a cup of water, it's like you're giving it to him. That's what we're doing with our lives. Second Timothy 2.21. It's talking about those vessels in our homes. And it says, and he made holy useful. They're made wholly useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. It says when we do the, the latter, which is when we allow his holiness to come on the inside, when we allow him to pick out those sinful things in our lives, because those things are the things that are filling our vessel. He wants to remove those. And as he removes that, we can become that vessel that is used honorably. You know, when I, I used to, when I first read that verse way back when I was a teenager and had a problem with condemnation, I remember thinking, oh, God, I really want to be that, that special vessel. I really want to be that vessel. You know what God said to me? It's not even what shape, what size, or what even you have on the inside of you as a vessel. It's who are you serving it to that makes it. When I take a vessel, if I have a vessel and I pour Greg a cup of water in it, or I pour the king, which one is noble? It's because I gave it to the king. And I'm telling you, we, we need to walk in holiness because he is holy. Be holy because he's holy. Your life is not a waste. We are vessels being able to be poured out to the master's use. It's not what kind of vessel we are. It's who are we serving it to. Isaiah 59, 19. I'm going to do it. I don't know if this is hard for you, Sydney, but if we could do it in the King James Version first, and then I'm going to do it in the NLT. This verse it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. And in the NLT, this is what it says. We'll... He will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. Let me read that one again because this one really gets me excited. He will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. See, this is what happens, is that as you get filled to overflowing, and you get filled to overflowing, and you get filled to overflowing, and this whole room becomes a body of believers that are filled to overflowing, 
when we're all full to overflowing, what happens when you flood many jars? It starts to flood. It starts to raise. And I love that it becomes a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. Every word spoken out of his mouth. He, when he speaks, he creates. Uh, it's out of that place of being over, that place of overflowing, that it becomes like a, a flood, where he floods. You know, we talk about wanting revival. What is revival? Is God coming down and filling to overflowing. And we become so full, overfilled that we create like a, a flood. And then it says in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.14, it says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. And in the NLT it says, For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. That's yours and mine. That's, that's what we get to participate in. Little old you and me. In our little day-to-day -day living, if we choose to allow God to fill us to overflowing, and we allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, Holy Spirit of power to flow through us to present the gospel, to be able to bring joy, to be able to overflow in peace, to be able to be a people overflowing with thankfulness, to be able to be a people that are overflowing with hope. What will the world see? That's why it just amazes me, because when you think of it, it doesn't matter what culture we're from, doesn't matter what nation we're from, it's the same God, it's the same gospel, it's the same scripture. Doesn't matter if we're from India, doesn't matter if we're from Turkey, it doesn't matter if we're from Timbuktu. Right? Same God. And he's able to fill all and in all. And through all, he is able to flow through us. We're not, I'm not waiting for, for some superstar to get up and, and be amazing. We don't have time for that, people. We, we constantly say this is a, a faceless generation that is going to be able to be the move of God. Well, what does that mean? It means that every one of us are going to know who we are in Christ. We're going to rise up, and we're going to be able to give what the Holy Spirit has first given us. He's not a taskmaster that's saying, get out there, get out there. You know, that's how the, they used to treat the slaves. Barely feed them and, you know, not give them water and then expect all this. You know, we read in with the Israel with the Egyptians, it's like, okay, you're, you're starting to think about getting strong? Okay, well, let's do yam. You're going to make more bricks. You're going to do more. You're going to do more. That's not who we, we don't serve a taskmaster. We serve an almighty God who is our Father, a loving Father, who fills us. Amen? Okay, let's stand. 
because we can't talk about being filled. <laughs> we can't talk about peace and hope and joy and then not allow opportunity for God to do that in us. Amen? It's time now that if some of those things of hopelessness have are on the, that you're struggling with. It's time that that gets let go and we allow the Holy Spirit to fill. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take time to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us. God, you said if we need, we ask, and that we receive anything that we ask according to your name. God, you know every heart here. You know every heart online. I speak peace to that turmoil in Jesus' name. We declare hope in those areas of our lives where there's hopelessness. God, I thank you that you are the God of hope. I thank you our hope's not based on what we see, but our hope is found in you alone. You alone are our hope. God, I thank you that our eyes are not what we see, but God, that our, our spirit can see through faith what is ours, which you have given us. God, I thank you that you are the God of hope. I thank you that you withhold no good thing from us. God, I thank you for those areas where we're lacking financially that you fill. You said that you fill, Lord God, in those areas, that we may be able to be generous in all occasions. God, if we've been fearful and wanting to shrink back, I break that off now in Jesus' name. God, let us live like we're, we're, we're the children of the King. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, you're so good. I thank you, God, for filling us with your joy. God, you said that Weeping endures the night, but joy comes in the morning. I thank you that we don't stay continuously in the night, but God, I thank you that you bring joy in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, you know every situation. These are real-life situations that people are facing. Jesus, but Jesus, you are able. God, I thank you that even with the with the, the believers, when um, persecution started to hit them, and they said, "We need we need more boldness," 
and God, boldness came upon them that it shook the whole building. God, they didn't shrink back. They didn't try to devise a way to hide, but they came to you and said, God, we need more boldness to be able to carry this through. And God, you, you, you brought so much boldness, you shook the building. God, I'm asking for that boldness to rise up on the inside of us. God, I thank you that you called us a mighty army. Thank you, Father. If you've been struggling with depression and hopelessness, I just want you to put your hand on your heart now because we're going to break that off in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for just setting them free. I thank you that you are the hope of our salvation. I thank you, Lord God, for, for that you alone are our hope. I break off discouragement in the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that their eyes would be fixed on you, the author and the finisher of their faith. God, let them rise up, lift up your head, look to the one who is your salvation. Look to the hills, to the one who is your salvation. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is he. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. Just like uh, that alabaster box represents our dreams and our future and our hopes. And she poured that out on Jesus. God, we pour out even our dreams on you. Even those things that we thought were from you, and it looks like we've had to put it to death. I thank you, God, that you have brought Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.